0: Are you ready to witness greatness? Football fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is... Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian Noe, former Penn State All-American Rich Ornberger and FSR betting analyst Jared Smith. Oh,
1: what's going on everybody? Welcome into the divisional round of the playoffs here. All ready to go. I'll tell you what. Not every day is special enough to be a Cherry Pop Tart day. Today is. Today is special enough. And I swear, I don't know what it is. I've been doing this for a long time, and I still will take a monstrous bite like 20 seconds before I have to start talking. And like five seconds in, I'm like, do I have enough time? Do I have enough time? Do I have enough time? Am I going to have to spit this out? There was enough time to get the first half, the first chunk of Cherry Pop-Tart down. I'm fired up. How are you fellas doing here today?
2: Man, I'm good. I'll I'll say this about what this weekend in sports and I know there's a lot of comparisons across a lot of sports and when you have a lot of different sports to concentrate on some people say no those are the best sports weekends because we have a golf tournament and we have you know this going on no 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 this is the best weekend in sports because it is the most popular game in America you know the National Football League more people tune into this than any other place. And so you're doing what everybody else is doing today and tomorrow. And the other part about it is, this is more competitive than even the championship round, sometimes even more than the Super Bowl, because nobody wants to go home in the divisional round. You know, if you make it to the AFC championship game, you make it to the NFC championship game, at least you said, hey, we made it all the way to a championship game. If you go home in the divisional round, You've lost. You've lost. Coaches get fired after going to the divisional round. Quarterbacks get traded after going to the d- divisional round. Teams start thinking about the draft and if they need to make major changes after losing in the divisional round. So this is the most competitive weekend in sports, and I can't wait.
3: Yeah, that, I totally echo those sentiments coming from the, the fan side and the gambling side. I think this is the last weekend of, like, full prep where I go through basically the exact same process kind of that I've gone through the entire regular season. Once we get to next week, it's two games and it's hard. It's, it's hard to find the teaser angles and the props because there's just, there's just a less fodder for us to chew into. And then obviously after next Sunday, it's like the great, it's like the great abyss, like the great North, North of the wall, you know, in game of Thrones, there's just nothing. Um, so this is kind of the last, the last stand, the last hurrah. and, Ironically enough, it's been a chalky weekend, relatively speaking in recent history, except for last year. Last year was completely nuts. This weekend last year was absolutely bonkers. It's the year of the Chief- it's the, the weekend of the chief's bills, the crazy overtime game. and then, of course, the Titans sacking Joe Burrow nine times and still losing. The Cowboys running a quarterback sneak uh, with ten seconds left and not getting up to the line of scrimmage on time, losing to the Niners. And then the Bucks almost coming back and beating the Rams. I think they were down twenty seven something. So this weekend last year provided more drama than I think the entire postseason combined. And I I can't freaking wait. This is my this is probably my favorite sports weekend of the year. I, I agree with Rich.
1: Well, yeah, it was the Niners beating. The Packers. So both one-seeds oh, yeah, lost right. last yeah. year. Yeah. Think about that. Like, so what you're saying, Rich, is really interesting where, yeah, you lose the divisional round. It's a bummer. You don't make it to the championship round. All of that stuff in your conference. But think about being a one-seed. And if you lose this weekend, you're one and done. And yeah. that's exactly what happened to both one-seeds last season.
2: Yeah, it, it's It's an embarrassment. You know, I mean, think about the the path that puts you on as a franchise. I mean, both of those one seeds last year, look at them now. Green Bay Packers didn't even make the postseason. Tampa Bay, they get there, but they limped in at the end of the season. And they get dispatched of easily by a much more physical Dallas team who just looked hungrier. That's the funny thing about last weekend. We watched all those games. If there was one team that really stood out and impressed me in terms of how they played that game, I'm not sure if Dallas ends up running the table and winning a Super Bowl. But in one single game, if you want to talk about the team that looked the hungriest and absolutely physically dominated their opponent, that was the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. They made it. They made no qualms about it. They said, there's not going to be any Brady magic here tonight. We are going to come after that guy. We're going to force him into submission. And frankly, in the fourth quarter, I think he submitted. Uh, if If you looked at the way he played that fourth quarter, he was making business decisions. There were times where... He could have spent a little more time in the pocket maybe to deliver a football or taking a hit uh, or, or or try to range his way outside to create. He wasn't interested because Dallas just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming defensively. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, if you're a one-and-done team, look out because it may not just be you – may, you may not be able to uh, wash that stench off as easily as you think you can. And so the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, we know the whole story about – Andy Reid after a bye, and it's been great. Jalen Hurts, we don't know what we're going to get with him from an injury standpoint. We'll see. I mean, some somebody's going to get upset this weekend, though. That That's mm. one thing I can promise you.
3: Yeah, sweep the leg, right? Making yeah. business decisions. There was some. There were some interesting business decisions being made in that in that Tampa Bay Dallas game. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, Brett Maher have a better time of it um, tomorrow <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> in that game. But I, I'm curious, Richard, thoughts because the 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 Dallas story is interesting. And right before we came on, all of a sudden it popped up on my phone. Dan Quinn completes interview with Colts to be next head coach. Interesting timing of that and. It's funny because I heard on the Giants side, Mike Kafka said no interviews this week. You know, I'm I'm gonna all of those interviews can wait. But apparently the Colts either can't wait or Dan Quinn can't wait. Is that an int- interest? I mean, I don't know how that process works. I don't know how invasive it is, but I would imagine it's relatively invasive a head coaching interview while preparing for a wild or a divisional game. Does that impact anything for you in your mind with where his focus is today and tomorrow?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, let's. I I went through this with uh, an offensive coordinator uh, when I was in a on a team going into the divisional round of the postseason, and he accepted a job interview, and and it was a head coaching position. Mm. He ended up taking on after the the season ended, and our season ended in the divisional round, and our offense didn't look all that good, you know. So <laughs> there there are those moments where after the game on the plane ride home, guys were looking at each other and going, hell of a time to interview for a job, huh? Wow. It's it's the reality of the game, though, because the truth is, if I were in the same position and I had designs to be a head coach and I had been a former head coach, I'm probably taking the interview too. So it's a double-edged sword. You don't love it, but at the same time, you understand it. Um, you want what's best for the person, but at the same time, you know what's best for the team. There's only so many 24-hour periods before you get get away from last weekend's game until next weekend's game, and you only have what 16 waking hours. I mean, and if they had a short push... week too. They played Monday. Exactly. If you push it to the limit. So you have sixteen times six, right? That's all you have in terms of waking hours. And and if you put like like if you if you start like compromising sleep, are you at your best? All those different things, right? Yeah. And then somewhere in there, you're sneaking in a four hour job interview, I would assume, right? You know, whether it's over Zoom or maybe you have to travel for it. Who so knows with Jim Irsay? I mean you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you maybe... never know. He might have yeah.
3: flown to Dallas or wherever. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the, the what the logistics were.
2: He may have stayed overnight with with the Quinns just like you did at uh, <laughs> yeah. McDaniel's house and we know how that goes down
3: oh man
2: don't let them loose in your bathroom yeah um, right. yeah look, the, the reality is like all of a sudden you got to think like what happened during that four-hour period that that could have gone more positively for the team that you're coaching in terms of game planning and things like that. Could have there have been a moment of brilliance, something you caught on film? So, yeah, there, all those things go into it. I'm, I'm very curious to see how the Dallas Cowboys look defensively this weekend as, a, as compared to last Monday.
1: All right, well, let's dive into the first game of the day. We've got Jacksonville at the Chiefs. Chiefs favored by nine and a half. And the total is 53. So a couple of, like, whoa, all right. Over at BetMGM, those are the lines over here. A couple of things, right, where if you start with Jacksonville, it's just that they're still alive in the playoffs. They were down 27 nothing against the Chargers. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. And then, like, the Undertaker meme, flat on his back, comes straight <laughs> upright, you know, and throws four touchdown passes. The Chargers, they give up the lead. The Jags rally, so the Jags move on. And a couple of things here. We'll get more in-depth on this as the show goes on, but Cliff's notes version, a couple of things that stand out to me initially is how quickly things change in the NFL. If you look at the Chiefs, they won their division last season. They were 12-5. and Jacksonville was dead last in the AFC South. They were 3-14. and And we all know what happened. Urban Meyer got fired and... They had the number one overall pick. They were 3-14, and and here they are playing the Chiefs in the divisional round of the playoffs. It's been quite the turnaround. The other thing that stands out to me, Kansas City, if you're thinking about laying the points and going with the Chiefs, hey, it might work out, but keep this in mind. The Chiefs are 2-10 and against the spread Yikes. against AFC teams this season. So we always talk about paying that tax if you're betting on the Chiefs and they haven't covered that tax very well as it turns out throughout the season. So, we'll see what happens today, but those are a couple of the things that stand out to me initially.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and you look at that game last week and Doug Peterson's a really good coach. He's a really really good coach. All those yeah. fourth down decisions that really broke their way in the second half in conjunction with the Chargers and head coach Brandon Staley just picking a horrible time to get ultra conservative and make some head-scratching decisions with their fourth downs. And then Peterson in general is just a mad genius with his game-planning ability. Trevor Lawrence – it, all of a sudden he got an injection of ice water through his veins in the second half he just he looked like a different quarterback and and I do think that has a lot to do with the calming influence of a quarter a quarterback former quarterback like Doug Peterson turned coach who knows how to talk to these guys he understands the situation that Trevor was in and there was no panic in there there was no blaming in there hey it's a tough half We're going to figure it out in the second half. Everybody's been there. Pick up your chin. We're going to go out there and we're going to win this football game. Meanwhile, last year, it felt like there was nothing but panic. There was nothing but blame going on in Jacksonville. This is a very different team, a very confident team when Trevor's playing his best than he was in that second half. But you're right. You look at Andy Reid, and while maybe they haven't been as good against the spread just in terms of straight-up wins after bye weeks, we know the story Andy Reid has been sensational after bye weeks, and, and Doug Peterson came off of his coaching tree. So you look at the student taking on the master and you say, is it really possible that Doug Peterson can get his group, this group like you mentioned who was last in the, in the conference for good reason last year, rise and ascend to knocking out the Chiefs who arguably have had their most offen- uh, efficient offensive year since Reid and Mahomes have been together. That's, that's a tall task.
3: Yeah, it really is. So the, the the read off the buy thing I think is baked into the market in terms of the, the point spread because they're just five and four against the spread off the buy in the Mahomes era. Eight and one straight up. So they don't lose games, but they don't always cover. And I think that's where this spread particularly is interesting because we're kind of approaching and it looks like we will approach and blow through that relatively key number of nine and why nine is important is because the teasers are so popular and very, I would guess more, su- not guess, I, w- I would, you know, the numbers say slightly more successful than just betting against the spread. And once you move through nine, then it takes away the six, or, you know, the six point teaser where you go from eight and a half to two and a half which is the best teaser you could possibly do, or 7.5 to 1.5, which we still have in that Eagles-Giants game. But it, it is interesting how the numbers against the spread for Andy Reid off the bye don't paint the full picture. I don't think they care about covering the spread, but obviously we do as gamblers. The other interesting uh, you know, little nugget here, the Jaguars had an opportunity to go into Kansas City and win about 10 weeks ago and they ran a surprise onside kick on the opening kick of the game and then also created two more turnovers later in the game and still lost by 10 and still gave up almost 500 yards. So I don't know offensively if Kansas City is going to be pushed in this game. I think the difference is is their defense, which actually has been metrically trending up. Can they do something against this Jaguars offense, which has been – Pretty good, and Trevor Lawrence's body language, his polish, everything. Other than the first, you know, few throws in, in in the playoffs against the Chargers. From that point on, he was pretty nails. So I think there's a lot of positives for Jacksonville, but man, I, I don't see how they get a lot of stops in this game.
1: Hey, be sure to check out the new looking features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love. Whether it's live betting, the Daily Lions boost, or the cash out feature, and new users can use the code Countdown for a special offer that's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. We're off and running. We've got Jared Smith, Mr. Betting Analyst over there. We've got Rich Ornberger, Mr. Penn State All-American over there. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, we've never seen this in a playoff matchup before, but we will see it today. Details on that for you around the corner. It's Fox Sports Radio's COUNTDOWN to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM
0: to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith.
1: Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN. In the BetMGM app. All right, so we've got the Giants at the Eagles. The nightcap today. Philly favored by 7.5 on BetMGM. You know what's interesting is this will be a matchup of the uh, most combined rushing yardage from quarterbacks in NFL playoff history. So both Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones, they combine for just under 1,500 rushing yards during the regular season, and that's the most ever in a playoff matchup. Isn't that crazy? Really think about that. If somebody just came up to you and said, "Hey, who do you think just top of your, top of mind? Who do you think what running what quarterbacks would would have met in the playoffs years ago and the most rushing yards during the regular season?" You might think ah, maybe Michael Vick faced an athletic quarterback or. Maybe Lamar Jackson or something. It's Jalen Hurts <laughs> and Daniel Jones. Like there it Both is. guys rushed for over 700 yards this season. That's, this is the first time that's ever happened either. So it's going to be really interesting to see how both quarterbacks use their legs. Daniel Jones carried it 17 times last week for the Giants. And of course, the huge question today, how healthy is Jalen Hurts? If he's good to go, maybe you see more designed runs from Philly today.
2: Yeah, focusing on the Giants for a second because Daniel Jones has turned into something uh, that we could actually kind of trust now. Um, if you've been paying attention to the Giants' offense this season, I know the three of us have, but you know a lot of people they'll miss games or you know maybe when a team starts going to a slump the way they did, you know they start falling off your radar a little bit, but. Overall, this season, Daniel Jones has evolved from a turnover-prone quarterback uh, going down the path of, say, a Sam Darnold, where you're not sure if you can really trust him, to sort of fixing himself over this off season and into the regular season with Brian Dable. Uh, he's now a trustworthy signal caller. He he actually he actually is oblivious to pressure. In a good way. Like he will hang in there and take an absolute pounding to deliver the football, and he usually does with accuracy and timing. And then you look on the defensive side of this Giants team and you say, hey, Thibodeau, for everything they said about Kayvon coming out of the draft out of Oregon. He's the real deal. He looks like a super, superstar. He plays like a superstar. Um, then you got Leonard Williams up front and Dexter Lawrence up front for this Giants front. And they are wreaking havoc on opposing passers. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested in this Giants team overall. Not just what they've done offensively. Big credit to Brian Dable there and the health of Saquon Barkley. Obviously, is paramount for their success in this postseason. But defensively as well, this has been a really good year for the Giants.
3: The Giants had one of the best offensive performances in the history of the postseason last week. If you consider the factors involved, Daniel Jones's first playoff start, just a lack of weaponry around him on the road. And overall, this Giants offense hasn't been very explosive this year. They weren't explosive. Daniel Jones's air yards were around five and a half per throw. So not exactly pushing it down the field like you know, the old Peyton Manning days, but it was efficient and it was just a slicing and dicing of a Vikings offense or Vikings defense, excuse me, that deserved to be sitting home. Very different vibes this week against an Eagles defense. And and I think as much as Jalen Hurts, I agree 100% with both of you, the injury and how he is able to run it willing to run it and what Nick Sirianni calls in the running game for Jalen Hurts, I think will be what decides who wins this game. But on the other side, I could also see the Eagles defense just saying, not today Satan. (laughs) Not today Daniel (laughs) Jones and and Brian Dayball. Like, 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 to me, you can't let Daniel Jones and Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James and Darius Slayton be what sends you home as the one seed. All the great things the Eagles have done this year. They beat the Giants twice. The game that mattered, they won barely. The game earlier in the season, they blew him out. And it, it, I, I can't see Daniel Jones strolling in a and getting a win today. But stranger things have happened. And I think the Eagles defense really could be the tone setter. As bad as Jalen Hurts might have looked two weeks ago, the Eagles defense can erase all of that today and make it a moot point. But I don't know about you guys. I'm a little concerned about Jalen's health. And I think that's going to be a big factor early in this game.
1: Could be. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Really curious about that. That's arguably the biggest question of the entire yeah. weekend, is Jalen Hurts, how healthy is the guy? The Giants, though, including the postseason, like last week's win against uh, the Vikings, the Giants are 14-4 and against the spread this wow. season. 14-4. and They're 11-2 and against the spread as an underdog. So maybe they keep it tight. I just... I, I can't imagine Danny Dimes dropping dimes today.
3: Against yeah, the Eagles. neither can I.
1: It's their number one pass defense in football. And you look at Daniel yeah. Jones. We'll get into this and prop it up later in the show. But Daniel Jones at 216.5. I got the under on that. Yeah, I that's think one the of my Vikings, favorite plays
3: today. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give away the farm now. That's one of my favorite bets of the day, no doubt. I love that one because,
1: man, the Vikings did everything they could to make Daniel Jones look Peak Danny Dimes last week. And look, he played great, but that Vikings defense, it's not
3: the same as this That Vikings was the worst defense. defensive performance I've seen all year. It was terrible. Story. It was awful. Yeah,
2: it was terrible. I, I mean, and, and it really comes down to one thing and one thing alone. They just could not stop. The run, like you said, yeah. Jared, no explosive plays, but they got whatever they wanted out of the run game. The Giants yep. did all day long against Minnesota's defense. And so to me, that's the key to this game is and, – and there's a lot up front. I mentioned what the Giants have in their front – um, but then you look on the Eagles side, Limville Joseph and Dominican Sue, two veteran defensive tackles, been doing this forever. Uh, Jordan Davis, the rookie who's yeah. just been sensational when he's healthy this season. Yeah, so whichever team, whichever defense shuts down the run. Whether it's, you know, the Giants finding a way to neutralize Jalen Hurts as a, a dual threat, Miles Sanders, or it's the Eagles who can shut down Saquon Barkley, who when he gets loose, there's almost nobody like him. And Danny Dimes who can rush it. He is a sneaky, good athlete. He really is good as a ball carrier. I think that team's going to win. Who, whoever is able to cap the run of their opponents. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. Aziz Ojalari too, is an injury concern for the Giants. Um, he's second on the team with five and a half sacks, despite only playing seven games this year. He got nicked up in the game against the Vikings, questionable today. You need every warm body you can on that defensive line and you know the linebacking group to try to slow down this running game for the Eagles. Best running attack in football. They've been the most run-heavy team all year. They're, they're going to pound it right down the Giants' throats, and they're going to make them stop that first. And that's why I think first 15 plays, right, it's scripted. How many design runs are called for Jalen Hurts in that first 15 script? I think that's your early indicator for how he is feeling. If I'm Nick Sirianni, that's the first play of the game, and it's a, it's a tone setter. I want Jalen Hurts to run it right down the middle of that Giants defense, and I want you to stop it. And then I want to do it again a couple plays later, maybe on third and short. And I want the Giants to know that this is going to be a problem for you today if you don't stop it. And then later in the game, play action, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, etc., etc. But if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm calling at least one or two designed runs for Jalen Hurts, if he's healthy. And if he's not healthy, I think that's your indicator that he's not, is we're not seeing those designed runs. So that's how I would script it out for the Eagles, because I think they have an advantage in the trenches, especially their offensive line, and I would just cram it right down the Giants' throats and make them stop Jalen Hurts.
1: I like it. Tone setter. Yeah. That's a good
3: segue because go.
1: a tone setter for our show, Mr. Isaac Lowentron. Huh? Always another award-winning update. Ilo, what's going on?
4: Well, good morning and thanks as always for that very kind introduction. We have our first NFL head coaching interview announcement of the day. The Indianapolis Colts announcing a short time ago they've completed an interview with Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn for their head coaching job. NFL media reports Quinn will also be interviewing for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. In the NBA on Friday night, the Los Angeles Lakers trailed the Memphis Grizzlies by one point in the dying seconds. They steal
0: it! Schroeder! All the way! Scores! They just lead! 121-120! Schroeder blindside steal. blindside steal.
4: Bill McDonald and Stu Lance the call, Spectrum Sportsnet, as the Lakers broke Memphis's 11-game winning streak. Kyrie Irving scored 48, 21 of them in the fourth quarter in Brooklyn's 117-106 victory at Utah. Jamal Murray's first career triple-double in Denver's 134-111 victory over the Indiana Pacers. Nikola Jokic did not play because of hamstring tightness as Denver ran its home winning streak to 16 games. And the Golden State Warriors victorious at Cleveland 120 to 114, despite resting Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins. Without them, the Warriors still hit 23 three pointers. Jordan Poole led them with 32 points. Fellas, back to you. You know, Ilo, I would request that you don't
1: end each update with that score because that absolutely (laughs) murdered me yesterday.
3: Oh, my gosh.
1: 23 three-pointers from the backups of the Warriors. That was obnoxious. What did you have
3: in that game, Brian? Uh, What, what, What did you bet? Under?
1: No, I had a. I shouldn't even say this because I'm ruining my my good reputation. <laughs> no, record. this is. I hey, listen, you're so be the NBA, hard. You got
3: to come out and tell us what you did. So hard for in game no over here. <laughs> oh no! Oh, look, man, no. they were down oh, at no.
1: halftime, and I said, "Okay, what? Uh, Cavs minus two and a half for the game? Yeah, I'm I'm on that. Actually, I didn't even do that. I did them just outright. I went money wow. line, and I'm like, yeah, if." Uh, I don't know if uh, – I'm trying to name it. If Ty Jerome, who hit a clutch three in like the final yeah, one minute. One of the clutchest threes in history eight. of the college
3: basketball wow. tournament, right? Gosh, that <laughs> was just brutal. He's so, got yeah, ice would... water in his veins, Brian. You can't, yeah. you can't fade him.
1: I would request that, uh, ILO, you cap it with, like, the Lakers. I had a late comeback, little money line action on the Lakers. Oh, wow. that that helped out.
3: Give it and take it. You know, it's funny. The first time I saw you a couple weeks ago when we were in Cincinnati, that was literally the first thing you said to me. It was the Charlotte – I think it was the Charlotte Hornets game. Oh,
2: that's what it was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Some first-quarter total. He's like, get in the total here. Come on, I'm telling you. They're running. They're running running." (laughs) again. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. I think Charlotte scored 51 in the first quarter. I'm like, bro. If the second player doesn't hit, listen, I'll you take want to it. talk
3: about a roller coaster ride, bet in the NBA.
1: Oh, it's I mean, crazy. I, I, I it think really to is. me,
3: that's the one sport that I, I cannot get a grasp on nightly, on a nightly basis because I just, my heartburn. Like, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. Old. Hey,
1: I got you. <laughs> hey, how about this? Let me throw this at you guys. What's the biggest question mark of the weekend here in the NFL playoffs? And I got a couple of choices for you. Yeah. You can go off mm-hmm. the radar, too, but just a, a couple of. We talked about Jalen Hurts' health. How healthy is the guy? It's a huge question mark this weekend. How about the Bengals' offensive line? How banged up they are? How well did the backups play tomorrow against Buffalo? That's a huge question mark. You could go any direction you want. I even throw in there Brock Purdy... He's on a bigger stage against a good Dallas defense, the best he's faced this season. Some are like, how could he even be mentioned? This guy's getting fitted for a gold jacket as we speak over here, beating (laughs) defenses like the Cardinals and Raiders and Seahawks. I think he's a question mark, too. So of any of those or anything else, what do you guys think is the biggest question mark this weekend?
2: There is no question in my mind it's Brock Purdy on a bigger stage. Wow, nice. Okay. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, the Bengals, yeah, their offensive line is banged up, but we mentioned it earlier in this show already. He got sacked nine times by the Tennessee Titans last year's playoffs and advanced. Like like Joe Burrow is is the reason why the Bengals are where they're at. And that continues to be the case. Jalen Hurts, yeah, he's hurt, but Jalen Hurts has proven himself at the college level and at the professional level to be able to play through injury. Now, health obviously is an important factor here, but I'll take an 80% Jalen Hurts in a playoff game every single day up against Brock Purdy in a vacuum because who is Brock Purdy? We, we've we seen him for six weeks. Like, listen, I remember we were questioning Patrick Mahomes up and through his first playoff run. I, I mean, he, this guy was an MVP, and people were like, yeah, well, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. It's like, what, are we coronating Brock Purdy already? I'm interested to see where this story goes. But he is a rookie, and we haven't yet seen him really, truly play a full game like a rookie usually looks. Are we just going to assume that doesn't happen ever? That he just skips the rookie yips? That he just (laughs) – Kyle Shanahan's like really and truly the greatest QB whisperer of all time? I I'm I'm not sold on this storyline. He is right now as it stands still more of a paint by numbers quarterback than an elite level quarterback. He's being told exactly what to do on every single snap all the way up until the 15 seconds in the headset gives out and Shanahan goes, "Well, it's on it's on him now." He's done some magical things with the football when he's improvising, but he's also surrounded by a cast of Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, uh, uh missing one. Oh, Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, you're talking about some of the best people playing those positions in the National Football League. Let a defense, and maybe it's Dallas, shut down a couple of those options and make it tough on him from a pass rush standpoint. It could be a long, hard day for the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if this is when the the, the gravy train ends, but at some point, Brock Purdy's going to run into some serious adversity. We haven't seen it yet, and I'm really curious what that looks like.
3: Since it's a college show, at least at its core, I'll give you this. How the heck did Matt Campbell go 7-6? and six? They won the bowl game, so 7-6. and six. With Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, they're seen their last years at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I mean... What does that tell you about where Matt Campbell is with this Iowa State program? But that's neither here nor there. We're in the NFL mode now, and I think if I had to rank those three, you know, things, what's going to be the biggest question mark this week? I, I do think Jalen Hurts is at the top because the injury we just don't know. I would say Purdy's storyline is second. And I would say Joe Burrow and the offensive line for the Bengals is third. And when we talk about the Bengals-Bills game, please tune in for that segment. I will tell you why the offensive line might be a little bit overblown Mm. in terms of a storyline this week. But back to Purdy, the thing about Brock that I've been the most impressed with when I look at the numbers. And I can look at – Pro Football Focus does a great job of of parsing out numbers in terms of kept clean – Inter- and then under pressure and facing blitz, and usually all quarterbacks, regardless of of, of age, skill set, experience, they all get a little bit wonky sometimes when you're facing a blitz and when you're under pressure. All of the numbers for Brock Purdy, his turnover-worthy play rate actually drops by a half percent under pressure. It drops by almost two percent when facing the blitz, and maybe that is Kyle Shanahan. Painting him by numbers and saying, all right, when this happens, you're going to do this. And when this happens, you're going to do that. But he still has 300-pound linemen in his face when all of this pressure is occurring. And he's still not turning it over and not making that big mistake. Does it happen this week against the Cowboys defense that is so good at getting pressure? Maybe. But the numbers so far say that Dak actually is the much more sloppier quarterback of the two albeit the short sample for Brock, and I understand that that is a valid argument. But he's still played some pretty important games over the last six weeks, and he hasn't faltered yet, whereas Dak has not gone two straight games all year without throwing a pick. He didn't throw one last week, so the numbers say probably due for one this week. And I think that's the interesting dichotomy here between Dak and Purdy. I might trust Brock a little bit more right now. And that's going to be, I think, the interesting factor in this game, and probably the biggest question mark for sure.
1: I'm not buying Purdy Palooza for a second. Oh wow, I'm on an not island just, here,
3: I guess, with Purdy. Then, huh? Yeah,
1: not buying okay, it. That's okay. I, I, he's on a magic carpet ride. He's played well. He's played well against mostly hack defenses. I give him some credit. He's surrounded by a ton of talent. He's thrown to some wide open receivers, which is yes, what he should be that doing. Helps. That helps a ton. Debo Samuel, the 74-yarder, no one within breathing distance of the guy last week. And it gets lost in the shuffle because most people are seduced by a storyline. It's a great story. It's an awesome story. Mr. Irrelevant comes in, and he's not losing a game. and He's a rookie, and he's greatly exceeding expectations. It's a great storyline, but it's not built to last. This is Lynn Sanity 2.0. Remember Jeremy Lynn, the phenomenon for like three weeks And then it was like, okay, he can't continue this pace. That's basically what Brock Purdy is. He's played well to this point, but when those windows shrink in the NFL, which they are inevitably going to shrink, I think the numbers shrink as well. But I would, even after that soliloquy, I would put Jalen Hurts' health at the top of the list. That's the biggest biggest question mark. He's such a dual threat when he's completely healthy. I just don't know how healthy he is. But we'll dive back into Purdy Palooza and get into the nuts and bolts of that coming up shortly. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We've got Rich Ornberger, the Penn State All-American. We've got Jared Smith, Mr. FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian Noe. Coming up next, I always like receiving these texts. How... In the expletive, does this not hit today? Right? (laughs) Now we're talking. We'll get into that coming up. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM.
3: Pauly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. As you all know, we're the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Pauly and Tony Fusco Show.
1: Numero
0: uno.
3: Yeah, and we know why millions of people tune in every week. Yeah. They want to hear us talk sports, not our idiot guests who think they know more about sports than we do. Yeah,
0: listen to these dummies. You don't know crap about sports.
3: Nothing. You don't know?
0: Football.
3: This is the worst thing Wait, I've ever. He's been still a on part the of. line. off oh. the show! The you don't know basketball. If you want to hear how sports talk should be done, yeah. listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Touchdown!
0: Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith.
2: Are you kidding me? It
1: is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. No time to waste. Let's dive on in.
0: Check this out. Parlay Platter.
1: Ah, yes, our Parlay Platter is brought to you by BetMGM. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to invite a friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sports books, the king of parlays. All right, Jared Smith, you're texting the group Parlays Galore.
3: <laughs> Which parlay do you like the most here? Well, are you guys down with OGP? Yeah, you know me. OGP being a one-game parlay Ah. over at MGM. I'm sorry, guys. That was like Russell Wilson cringeworthy. But here we go. One-game parlay for the Chiefs and the Jaguars today. I think this is a Trevor Lawrence left-right center game, and I think this is why. Game script does not matter here, folks. He is going to be chucking it no matter what. For example, if the Jags are winning, it's likely because Lawrence is having a good game passing the ball. If the Jags are losing, well, guess what? Trevor Lawrence is going to be passing the ball a lot in the second half, and garbage time will likely get us to 275 or more passing yards. Travis Kelsey, 85-plus receiving yards. Jaguars 32nd in DVOA against tight ends this year. Gerald Everett last week torched this Jaguars defense seven a buck nine and a touch Kelsey at least seven targets 95 yards in six straight playoff games Juju Smith Schuster 40 or more receiving yards Jags 30th in DVOA and passes over the middle this year 54 percent of Juju's targets short or intermediate middle and finally the cherry on top of the parlay cherry chiefs red laying just two and a half points all we need them to do is win by a field goal trevor lawrence plus 275 yards travis kelsey 85 or more receiving yards juju 40 or more receiving yards chiefs minus two and a half plus 650. not a bad huh. nugget to chew on this morning huh guys
2: not bad i like that right there you go I'll have a little fun a little, a little, little game script it, jaguars six, chiefs win six the and game. a half to one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. not bad That works for me. Get on
3: board.
1: You know, the first thing I think of, it's just a question. Just a question. Lay it on me there. Um, How much success – honest question. How much success do you normally have when you're doing these one-game parlays? Not a lot. Where where you have a couple of players like Kelsey and Smith-Schuster. I know Mahomes is going to throw for a ton of yards, so it could easily get there. But when you have two pass catchers on the same team –
3: does that ever end up screwing you up there? Of course. I mean, yeah. anything can end up screwing us in these. <laughs> you I mean, there's so many landmines when you're betting a parlay because the risk of ruin is so high that I think you just have to trust your numbers and hope that the numbers match up to what you're doing. The one thing I will say, I bought yards with Juju. His actual receiving yards prop is around 50, and I bought a basically 10 yards, made it 40-plus. With Travis Kelsey, it's kind of right, you know, balls on. Eighty-five. He's kind of at eighty right now, so not a huge difference from where his number is. But I, uh, you're, 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 definitely right, Brian. It's, it's not ideal, but I wanted to put it all in one game, and I wanted to match up what I'm seeing with my numbers compared to the props. And we're just gonna give it an old roll of the dice and hope the hard ten shows up, right? There you go, five, double five. Just need double fives. See, yeah, what happened before? Happened. Could happen
1: right now. You know, <laughs> Could yeah. Anytime.
3: Definitely. Hey, can this
1: team be unconventionally successful? for a second straight year. We'll have some details on that as we roll on with the Divisional Playoffs here. Fox Sports
0: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning, getting all set for the Divisional Round of the NFL Playoffs. Two games today, two games tomorrow. It's a lovely, beautiful, majestic weekend. And even better if you can profit off of it. (laughs) If you happen to be dabbling on any of these games. Let's dive right in. The Bengals-Bills. Bills, a bigger favorite. Now it's ticked up to six at BetMGM. The Bills are favored by. And the first question I have, guys, is can the Bengals be unconventionally successful? That's right. Unconventionally successful for a second straight year. Because their offensive line play... Last season, not good at all. They gave up 70 sacks combined from the regular season in the postseason. 19 in the postseason alone. That's about five sacks given up per game. That's wretched, and yet they almost won the whole thing. And so you think about it. This postseason, they've got these three key injuries. Lyle Collins is done for the year. Alex Kappa is banged up. Jonas uh, Jonah Williams is banged up. So do you have these? Short, quick passes from Burrow? Can they just, ah, eh, offensive line play? Yeah, shrug your shoulders. We can get by without a decent offensive line. Is that going to happen for a second straight year? Because that's a huge question mark when the game rolls around tomorrow against Buffalo.
2: There are two ways that you can neutralize bad offensive line play in the passing game, and that is with chip help and, and, um, and bang help or butch help from the tight ends on their way out into routes uh, to help help the edges sort of seal themselves up and then focus uh, focus on securing the middle of the pocket the depth of the pocket to give your uh, give your quarterback a place to step up and deliver shots downfield the other way is with a quarterback having knowledge of where the pressure is coming from and being able to evade it and still deliver downfield and Joe Burrow and this Cincinnati Bengals offense has shown the proficiency to be able to do both of those things. Um, This, this, this quarterback we're talking about, isn't just your average everyday quarterback in terms of like his ability to throw the football, because as we all know, so much more goes into throwing the football than just having the arm strength to get it, you know, on a 20 yard out or to get it downfield on, on a seam route. Like you have to be able to Decode what the defense is doing and last week defensively actually may prove to be a better test for Joe Burrow in this offense than this week against the Ravens like where they disguise and they try to confuse and they hide pressures and they change coverages and they show mixed coverages. Like, that's a lot more difficult for a cerebral quarterback like Joe Burrow to handle than what the Bills do defensively, which is line up in whatever they're running and just say, hey, guess what? We're tougher than you. We're going to out-execute you. That's always been Sean McDermott's way, is we're just going to line up and play bully ball. And I don't suggest he do it. I honestly suggest he looks at that Ravens film and says, okay, how did they make this such a ball game with Tyler Huntley, at quarterback? It had nothing to do with the offense. It had so much more to do with what the the Baltimore Ravens were able to do defensively. So on the Bengals' side, the offensive line is a problem, but they have the solutions, at least in the passing game, to that problem Um, as long as Joe Burrow plays the sort of game that he's capable of playing.
3: He's not your average Joe,
2: right? No, I mean, no, no. Uh, no. Yeah.
3: Got jokes this morning. So, um, cringe jokes, and I apologize, but still, <laughs> jokes are jokes. Um, so, the re- <laughs> I promised you guys a detailed update of the Bengals offensive line. It's basically a giant game of musical chairs. You mentioned Lyle Collins. We've known about that for a few weeks. Jonah Williams, we didn't know about until Sunday. Very unfortunate he's not going to play this week. That's your right tackle and your left tackle. When Williams got hurt against the Ravens, they brought in the backup left guard, Jackson Carmen, who has never played tackle before. Surprise, surprise, it did not go well. And as Rich said, the Ravens really caused a lot of havoc. On the other side, at right guard, Alex Kappa also missed the Ravens game. His backup, Max Sharping, had the lowest run-blocking grade of any guard that played for the entire wildcard weekend. So the offensive line for Cincinnati is absolutely in shambles. But we've known that already. And how much is the drop off now from bad offensive linemen at right tackle and right guard and all to now, you know, slightly worse replacement level backups. You can make a case that it's not going to have a massive impact on the point spread. What has had a massive impact on the Bengals' season is Joe Burrow making the adjustment from last year. I'm sure he heard about it in the offseason, not only from the media, but from everyone probably in the Bengals' front office. And they said, Joe, you got to get the ball out quicker, bud. We need you healthy. We need you upright. And he made that adjustment. Second Second shortest time to throw rate of the entire NFL season behind Tom Brady, who by, you know, the gold standard of getting the ball out quick, and he was right there with Brady, 2.28 to 2.35, 0.07 seconds slower than getting the ball out from the great Tom Brady. Last week against the Ravens, when kept clean, his time to throw rate was even shorter than that, 2.14 seconds, 28 dropbacks, 70% of the time he was kept clean last week against the Ravens, Two. 0.14 seconds time to throw that is the recipe for solving a bad offensive line what it means probably not as many explosive plays to jamar chase but i also think to rich's point the ravens defensive line is uh, definitely a notch ahead of where the bills are especially without von miller matt milano had a good game but for the most part kind of a hodgepodge group of pass rushers and i, I do think joe's gonna have some success Now on the other side josh allen I think it's an offensive coordinator thing. He doesn't fully trust Ken Dorsey. Brian Dable's now in New York doing all kinds of great things. A lot of forced throws, bad decisions. I think Josh Allen might be the more volatile of the two quarterbacks on Sunday.
1: Yeah, well, that makes sense to me. The thing that's, that stands out to me is if we play a little game of what if – you know, where? what would we be thinking today if things had gone a little bit differently last postseason? Mm. And without going full-blown what-if, yeah, this is a legitimate what-if. Let's go back to the divisional round last, week, last season. And the Bengals gave up nine sacks to the Titans. Let's say Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw three interceptions, including a costly pick on the final drive of the game for the Titans, <laughs> right? Like, let's say the Bengals lose that game while giving up nine sacks, what would we be saying about Cincinnati heading into this game against Buffalo? That's easily the way it could have gone down. Now, it didn't go down that way. And so we swing the other way where we saw the Bengals have wild success in spite of their offensive line last season. So I get why it's a little bit more of, the sky isn't falling feeling. We're not like, oh my gosh, they're not going to win. We'd be running to the betting window to lay more than six. No problem if the Bengals had lost last postseason against the Titans while giving up nine sacks, coupled with what they have. And you detailed it, Jared, all their injuries on the offensive line. I just think that's so interesting how it plays out. And look, maybe history repeats itself in a positive way tomorrow for the Bengals, but all I'm saying is, Sometimes it's a false sense of comfort because you saw something work a few times last postseason. It doesn't mean it's going to happen again this postseason. That is a problem uh, with the offensive line. I would expect a lot of quick, short passes, a la Tom Brady from Joe Burrow uh, tomorrow against Buffalo because you've got to neutralize that pass rush. If Buffalo is putting heat, and they should be, Consistently on Joe Burrow, you got to counter that by throwing quick and, and not taking ten plus <laughs> sacks in a game, man. Can't like, do it. yeah, I would expect a lot of attempts and a lot of quick throws. And the other question is, how well can you run it with Joe Mixon? Last this little question. nugget, Rich is think about this: the regular season game, the Dolphins at Buffalo. Raheem Mostert had a day, rushed yeah. for almost a buck fifty. So, I, I can you run block well enough where Joe Mixon? Can keep you honest, and can he have a day? Can he get to sixty, seventy yards on the ground? And now you're a dual threat uh, offense. I think that's important as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, you got to keep a defense honest, and the only way you can do that and get them closer to the line of scrimmage and second guessing themselves when taking a linebacker out of the game and putting in a nickel, or or maybe uh, when you have a, a receiver aligned in the slot. You know, having that defender creep a little bit closer to the tackle box as opposed to just committing to the slot receiver because run help is important when the run game is working. And if you can do that, it opens up your play action game. It opens up a lot of things that everybody's aware of. But going back to what you said about the divisional round against the Titans. You know, they did win that game, and they won it close, you know, a 19-16 victory. The game before that even was a close game. I mean, the Raiders took that all the way down to the wire against the Bengals in the wild card round. The AFC Championship game was close, 27-24 victory over the Chiefs, and the Super Bowl was close. (laughs) You know, I mean, Joe Burrow... I, I, look, I, I, I agree with what you're saying fully, and, and I completely understand that an offensive line, especially having played the position, is crucial to your success in this league. But the only thing that can really get you, can really bail you out of that situation is having an operator like Joe Burrow. So I, I agree, it's not advantageous. It's not, like if the Cincinnati Bengals could, you know, lick the tip of their their pencil and write in exactly what their wish list for the postseason would be, it would not be down three starting offensive linemen. I promise you that. <laughs> right? yeah. But if you're going to face this situation, better to face it with a guy like Cool Joe than somebody who's going to panic like Josh Allen. You know, that's the reality of this situation, guys, is Josh Allen, and whether it's the Ken Dorsey effect missing out on Brian Dable's calming effect or whatever it is this season, he has looked absolutely panicked at times. Last game is a perfect example. There were two or three times that I noticed alone, and I didn't study this film. I was just watching the TV copy where he had a clean pocket and he ran out of it like there was somebody in his face right now. Like he's seeing ghosts out there. Mm. He was confused. This defensive pass rush from the Miami Dolphins had him running scared. And that is not what you want to see in the wild card round of your quarterback who everybody is saying, well, when is it his turn to win a Super Bowl? It may not be this year. Not if he's going to play that way. I don't think it is this year. And I've said it
3: on you know one of the shows that I did the second Von Miller was announced out for the year. I said, that's it. The Bills are not going to win a Super Bowl this year. And it it didn't have as much to do with Josh Allen as it had to do with when you watch what the Rams did. They don't win the Super Bowl last year if it's not for Donald and Floyd and Miller just creating havoc in the backfield in the second half of that game against Joe Burr. I mean, the Bengals had that game won. And all of a sudden, the pass rush for the Rams, just ignited that that, that second half, and, and you know the rest was history. Donald made the play on fourth down to end it, and you just see so many comparisons to some of the teams in this postseason, but not the Bills. And then to Rich's point, I do think there is something going on between Ken Dorsey and and Josh Allen that's not vibing, and obviously with Brian Dable, he was the first all he was hired the year that Josh Allen was was drafted. So it was Allen and Dable for three years together in Buffalo, growing, learning, having a bad year, then coming back and being great, and then having the season last year where they almost you know, beat the Chiefs in the, in the Divisional, and, and they had all this buzz. And then Brian goes to New York, and Ken Dorsey gets the job. And you saw how many – I mean, there's been moments where you look up in the booth, they show that little fisheye camera shot of them in the booth calling plays, and Ken Dorsey slamming his headset and all. I don't think there's a synergy there. And how that impacts the game down to down is, for example, first and goal in the red zone, we're calling a throw. All right, if it's not there, I trust Brian Dable on second and third and goal to make the right calls to get us in the end zone. Now, Josh Allen's like, I don't trust Ken Dorsey. I'm going to try to fit the ball into that tight window and make that play. There's the interception. So to me, that's, I think, the game within the game here. Can Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen get on the same page? Because let's be honest— Eli Apple was toasted by Demarcus Robinson and Tyler Huntley last week. There will be opportunities for this Bills offense to push the ball down the field if they get digs on Eli Apple. We'll see if they can scheme that matchup out, but I don't trust what I'm seeing when I watch Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey work together. It's kind of this odd couple right now, and they better figure it out fast because there ain't no rest for the weary in the NFL postseason.
1: I'll just add a little cherry on that because I hear you, Jared. With Josh Allen, it seems like bad decisions lead to more bad decisions, you know, or an interception leads to another interception where I know that Josh Allen at this stage is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence, but Trevor Lawrence throwing four picks and then throwing four touchdowns, Mm. I don't see Josh Allen doing that. I see Josh Allen, it's snowballing more and more where I don't know what it is. He's a really, really good quarterback, but... As soon as he starts screwing up, it's like he starts to do that even
3: more. Yeah, yeah. And And he doesn't believe probably in the play calls that are coming down. That makes it even worse.
1: Might have something to do with that as well. But uh, he's got to find a way to limit those turnovers because he's got the most in the NFL, 19 total. And you've got the advantage. Like the Bengals' offensive line is so banged up, you as the Bills have the advantage, and Josh Allen has to protect it. He's got to be the anti Ryan Tannehill, How about right? Like going with his
3: legs. What do you think about yeah. that?
1: Got to get that going as well. Hey, every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens. They can also be converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. All right, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American, chef in the making, shaved clavicle. <laughs> got Jared Smith, walks his dog, Doesn't love betting NBA. I understand it. (laughs) I'm Brian. Excuse me heartburn. I hear you. Coming up next, man, there is a lot of hype. I mean a ton, a a semi-full of hype. Are you buying it? Because it could be put to the test today. That's on the way. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM.
0: Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Ah, ah. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sports books. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Hornberger, and Jared Smith.
1: It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Hey, every Thursday, be sure to check out our Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM original podcast. Features yours truly. Jared Smith and Bill Krakenberger. We give our takes on all the key lines. Get you set for the weekend in betting. That's every Thursday. Playoff time. Gotta pay attention. Prop bets, sides, totals, all that good stuff. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we've got the Cowboys against the 49ers on Sunday that caps the divisional round of the playoffs. San Francisco favored by four. We touched on this a little bit. Now we can get knee deep. Purdy Palooza. My goodness. Brock Purdy, the rookie quarterback, last pick of the draft, a.k.a. Mr. Irrelevant, or or, as his nickname now, Mr. Relevant. Mm. (laughs) See how they just... Switch right there, like sliced alone. Yeah, like I can't
2: believe they figured that out. <laughs> yeah, they cracked the that's, code. That's not a headline writer, that's Jason Bourne. <laughs> that's exactly right. But uh,
1: going up against the best defense he's faced thus far, when you start looking at some of these tomato can defenses, you know, Tampa, uh, Arizona, the Raiders, Seattle, twice. I mean, Washington plays good defense. They do, but Dallas is right up there as well. So this is the biggest stage. There's no doubt about that against one of the better defenses that he's played, arguably the best defense he's played. Do you expect things to change in a big way when the game rolls around tomorrow?
2: I think if Dallas repeats what they did against the Buccaneers last week, it's going to be a long, hard day for Brock Purdy in this 49ers offense because, the only thing that really truly neutralizes a, a quarterback that looks and and feels as comfortable as he really has seemed to um, is getting him off his spot, and and more than that, containing him. So Brock Purdy, what a lot of defense, what a lot of defenses have not committed to doing yet. That I'm 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 seriously interested to see if dan quinn has figured this out i'm I'm sure he has if he's watching the same film all of us has is how to contain him like we see this all the time with now the more talented defenses against say a patrick mahomes or the more talented defenses against even a trevor lawrence where when you corral These quarterbacks in the pocket and they don't get to step up into the pocket at the depth that they want to. And they can't they can't feel comfortable inside the pocket, but they can't get out of the pocket. Those are the times where you really find out if a quarterback can handle the pressure. We've seen it time and time again. And the reason why they stand heads and shoulders career wise over the rest of the NFL, the, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, heck, even the Drew Brees is through a good majority of his career when they're throwing out of a well, meaning when the, the width of the pocket is being compressed by the defensive ends, really, you know, bull rushing these tackles and backing them up a couple of steps each and the depth of the pocket is getting compressed because you have the the guard-center-guard combo getting blown off the ball a little bit, and they're throwing from a two-yard-by-two-yard space. The quarterbacks who can complete out of those circumstances are the ones who have the most success in this league. And if you're going to compress the pocket, instead of just trying to get him uncomfortable and have him make plays on the edges of the defense, we know he can do that now. So the jury's out. You don't have to test that anymore. He can So you got to keep him in the pocket. You got to compress him in the pocket. And the the Dallas Cowboys are one of the best units doing that right now. So if they can, if Dan Quinn and this Dallas defense can do that again, just like they did against Tom Brady last week, then it's going to be a long hard day for Brock Purdy.
3: Yeah, the uh, the pressure rate of the Cowboys second to none in the NFL, just ahead of the Eagles, and they've got the best pass pass. I always mess this word up. Pass rush. Win rate. Say that five times um, <laughs> right. I get there eventually, guys. Shoulder surgery is what I screw <laughs> up. And you bring surgery. that on yourself. You don't have to say that, but you bring yeah. that you know, with the, the shaved clavicle over there with our pal <laughs> yeah. Um There is a lot of, there's a lot of firepower for, for this Cowboys defense. Let's just, let's just go with that word. You don't have a tongue twister there. Um, but the one thing I will say, and I, I do think you look at that Bucks game, the Niners Bucks game, Not the Cowboys-Bucks game. And you could say, okay, the Bucks defense still has a really good run-stopping unit, and, and they can get after you a little bit up front. And the Niners just ran it all over Tampa Bay in that game and I know it's not apples to apples It was a few weeks ago and there's some things that are different and the Bucks defense trending down Cowboys defense trending up I understand that but metrically speaking there's a lot of similarities between the Cowboys and the Bucks defense they both again defensive line you know they're better in the secondary a little bit I think Dallas is really weak in the secondary and that's the difference but it's all about the run game, right? And also, it's all about how Dan Quinn schemes out stopping the run. And this is that unique matchup within the matchup. Former boss, Kyle Shanahan, the OC in Atlanta. When Dan Quinn made that run, they went to the Super Bowl, all that great stuff, lost to the Patriots, blah, 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 28-3. to 3, I won't go any further. But these guys know each other better than anyone. And they played each other last year, too, in the playoffs. And Dallas couldn't win that game at home. So I, I think this there's definitely a vibe of... How San Francisco plays offensively just is a tough scheme for anybody, but especially Dan Quinn, because they like to get up the field with that pass rush. said it right that time. And Kyle's so good at, all right, you're going to give me this pocket of space when you're coming up the field with Micah Parsons the Marcus Lawrence? I'm going to throw the quick screen to Debo right there and get it out quick. Rush doesn't matter. Boom, Debo's got the ball. Now it's him against your really bad secondary. Well, and not yeah. only that, I mentioned J. Ron Kirst being out this week, their best tackling safety. So I, I think defensively we're going to see the Niners have some success moving the ball. I have no idea what we're going to see from Dak Prescott. Absolutely no idea. He had his best QBR of the season, was absolutely perfect in that game against the Bucks. I cannot see him playing any better. I can only see regression. And if he throws the big pick before Brock does, I think you can kind of lean where I'm, where I'm leaning in this matchup.
1: Well, it's there's so many layers to it. What's interesting to me, surface level, a lot of times we build up these games with the quarterback matchup. You know, like Burrow versus Josh Allen. That's the way the game will be marketed, and rightfully so. This Dallas-San Francisco game, I don't think it's as much Dak versus Brock Purdy I think that you can build this up, Micah Parsons versus Nick Bosa. Mm. That's a big, big deal in this game. And it's not just those individual guys. It's pass rush versus pass rush. Like, who generates more heat on the opposing quarterback? And then when you get to the level below that, well, how do you counteract it? What what do you do? Does Dak use his legs a little bit more? Mm. If Nick Bosa is getting home, he might have to. If uh, Micah Parsons and company are getting home against... Brock Purdy is the screen game more of a thing, like you just brought up, Jared. So I think that's really interesting heading into this one. But you've got two elite sack artists. Nick Bosa, number one in the NFL this season with 18 and a half. And you've got Micah Parsons. He led everybody with 74 pressures wow. this season. He is absolutely elite. So I can't wait to see the pass rushes of both teams and how the offenses counteract it, what they do to try to neutralize it. There's no neutralizing this guy, though. He is unneutralizable. He is Isaac Lowencron, and he has an award-winning update for us. I love what's going on, bud? Unneutralizable.
4: I like Just came it.
3: To me. Just came to me, yeah. Kyle Shanahan-type word right there. That's oh, yeah.
4: right. That might be... Uh... My new Twitter handle or something like that. At least on one of my many, many burner accounts that rip other people in the industry. Nice. Pushing them down so I can push myself up. Present company excluded, of, of course. course. Fellas, Thank we you. have uh, more coaching news this morning. The Indianapolis Colts announcing they've completed an interview with Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn for their head coaching job. NFL media reporting Quinn will also be interviewing for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. In the NBA on Friday night, the Los Angeles Lakers trailed the Memphis Grizzlies by one point in the final seconds of the fourth quarter. They steal it!
5: Schroeder!
0: All the way! Scores! They just lead! 121-120! you talk-
4: Schroeder! Side steel. Bill McDonald and Stu Lance the call on Spectrum Sportsnet as the Lakers prevailed breaking Memphis's 11-game winning streak. Kyrie Irving scored 48 points, 21 of the fourth quarter of Brooklyn's 117 to 106 win at Utah. Jamal Murray, his first career triple-double in Denver's 134 to 111 triumph over the Indiana Pacers. They played without Nikola Jokic, who missed the game because of a of hamstring tightness. Denver now on a 16-game home winning streak finally we have sad news from the nba Bill Shanley, the Hall of Fame longtime former voice of the Portland Trail Blazers, has passed away at the age of 93, according to his biographer. Shanley was the voice of the Blazers for 28 seasons, beginning with their inception in 1970. Let's remember the way it was as Shanley called the final seconds of the Blazers' only world championship in
0: 1977. Here we go, the inbound of Drive, stop, pump, two, short, no trailblazers have won the world championship.
4: Of course, his trademark phrase was Rip City, and Rip City right now trending as part of tributes to Bill Shonley. Fellas, back to you. Yeah, thank you, Isaac. Uh, interesting stuff. It,
1: for people that don't know, th- that's what he meant by the ball going through the net. Like, it was ripping it through the net, and oh. that, that became Rip City. That's where it came from, from Bill
3: right there, but... Great stuff. Uh, love yeah. the love the old school calls there. Oh,
1: no doubt. No doubt about that. Great Absolutely. Uh, all right. It is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. <laughs> Follow the money. Real good money. Oh, we are following the money with Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM, joining us here on the show. Seamus, good morning here. Happy divisional round of the playoffs to you. Uh, let's start with this. Who does BetMGM need most? I always love what the books need in the divisional round. Is there a team that you need? Is there a great need this weekend for you
5: guys? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Um, so we'll start today. I mean, the uh, game, first game, the Jags, Chiefs, just a lot of money coming in on the Chiefs, whether it's teasers, parlays, uh, public seems to be on the Chiefs. So we're probably going to need the Jags in that game. And uh, a lot of money coming in on the over in uh, that one as well. That's ticked up uh, since the Open. Uh, Giants-Eagles, a lot of Eagles teaser money coming in, the Eagles money line parlays, et cetera. But when it comes to the seven-and-a-half point spread, there's a lot of money coming in on the Giants this week. So, I mean, we'll pro- the Giants winning outright or covering the spread may not be the worst, uh, to break up some teasers, but right now I think Eagles covering seven-and-a-half might be the best.
3: So Chiefs. Fade them. Giants. Fade them. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, it's funny, Seamus. I mean, you know, we uh, fade the public. We hear this all the time and the narratives and all these things and the ticket counts and this and that, and I, I don't really think it matters a whole lot in the outcomes of the games. I think it's a lot of fodder for us to fill time on the air sometimes. But I, I think when you do look at these two games today, it's arguably the easiest slash most obvious teaser of the year. Now, you've pushed – the, the the Chiefs now up to nine nine and a half not as you know valuable from the teaser leg perspective. But can you remember a divisional Saturday in recent memory where the teaser money line parlay option was so obvious it was literally slapping you in the face?
5: <laughs> no, it's it's funny. Yeah, it, it brings up a good point. Certainly, it, none comes to uh, memory right now. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you get a couple upsets in the uh, in the first round and just the way the days line up with the the games that you get, uh, this is what we're left with. And uh yeah, they're pretty reasonably decent sized spreads for a divisional round game. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how close these games are.
2: It's amazing how many like large market teams are still involved in this postseason. New York, Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco. You 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 have A lot of people who are interested in sports betting now more than ever before because of the availability state-to-state and these apps. Um, What does it look like, though, in terms of a team or teams that are forcing more people to the window than in years past? Or is it consistently Dallas, and that's always been it that way, or the Chiefs suck up on them? Like, which team really drives betting?
5: Uh, So this is going to be a great weekend here. At BetMGM, I, a lot of states we're popular in that we have a lot of users. Their hometown teams are still in. Whether it's Giants, Eagles, I mean, Ohio just launched, so we're actually seeing a bunch of money come in on the Bengals, uh, mainly oh, wow. from there. uh Buffalo, we're alive in New York, and then Ontario. You got some Bills fans up there, and then in the other game, you have the uh, Niners and the Cowboys, two of the biggest brands in the league. So. It's going to be a great handle weekend for us on this. Uh, but when it comes to who teams bet most, I mean, it, people love the players. They love the big-name teams. Like the Chiefs right now, everybody loves betting them. Everyone loves Mahomes. So it goes a, bit, a couple different ways when it comes to what teams drive the handle. But it, like last week, the Cowboys, I didn't, I didn't remember writing a single bet on the box yesterday. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that angle still is out there, that people just love betting like the Cowboys and the Niners for sure.
3: Well, speaking of that, Right? We have to go right into that, Brian, I think.
1: Yeah, well, I I don't know. I was going to go in a different direction. You can go if you want. Go for it.
3: (laughs) No, I I lost track of my train of thought. Please, sir, continue. Okay.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to
1: say, Seamus, like, uh, it's funny, right, where, I mean, you're a sharp guy, and you watch, uh, like, the public money just pour in, and there are times where you're like, public doesn't have it right. But there are times the public does have it right. Like you just mentioned, the Cowboys – Clobbering the Bucks uh, last week. What's something in general that you you look at and say ah, I think the public's onto something here? And and how often do you find yourself saying that?
5: I, I don't put a lot of stock into just the fade the public uh, play. A lot of a lot of people do, and more power to them. But like one of my opinions is, if it was just as easy as fading the public, everyone would do it all the time, and everyone would make a lot of money. Um, so when it comes to that. I say there is. I feel like the public's right on this Chiefs-Jaguars uh, game. I think there's going to be a lot of points in it. Uh, I think the Jags may be able to move the ball. Uh, for example, I think the Bengals have a chance of winning that game outright uh, tomorrow. So I, there's always uh, cases where I think the public might be onto something here, and a lot of times you'll find that the Sharps align themselves, or the public will align themselves with the sharp side, or vice versa. So, it, it, again, this is another thing where it's case-by-case case basis.
3: Yeah, the popularity of it, and it drives me nuts because I see it on my timeline all the time. The popularity of sports betting now is making the fade-the-public narratives more severe every week. And I, I don't put any stock in it, Seamus. I don't. I, I Obviously, I'd rather not be on the side of the public. But that's something that is, like, after the fact. Oh, I did my handicap. Here's where I'm at. And then ugh, the public's on the same side. Maybe I like it a little bit less. But... Right, like when you guys handicap the games, you don't take that into consideration at all. You're not trying to get a line that's going to be balanced action. You're trying to set a line that is based off of where your numbers are, DVOA and yards per play, and all the you know the bells and whistles that go into setting a line. Where the public might be betting doesn't have a huge impact, maybe on the line movement, but on the initial number that you set, that's not being taken into consideration, right?
5: Yeah, exactly. The way we book the NFL, I mean, we obviously get our, our sharp bettors that come in, tell us how they want to be. We like aligning themselves with us because they, they win, they beat the closing line the most. And uh, it, the NFL is, especially come playoff time, it's one of the most liquid markets you'll ever find in, in sports betting. So it, really, if, if you're really lined up to what the market consensus is, you're probably going to win a lot more times than not. And compared to if you're just booking which side you want to make money on just because the public's hammering one side.
1: Hey, Seamus, man, great stuff as always. Hope you enjoyed the divisional round. We'll catch you soon, bud. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. There he is, Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading. At BetMGM. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards. Or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. All right. We've got Rich Ornberger. Penn State All-American. Oh, yes! Doesn't like the number yes! 64. Yes! Doesn't think it's slimming. Right, Rich? Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a fat yeah. guy number. I was watching Tyler Linderbaum last week with the Ravens, and I was thinking of you, Rich, and your stance on the number sixty-four. You yeah. know,
2: yeah, Didn't I mean, get that I, out of my head. Eddie Ward like a seventy-one. You would have been like, look at that svelte offensive lineman. But I like when the 64. big guys wear
3: single-digit numbers, and that's becoming a thing now. That's my favorite. Right, <laughs> there Matthew you go. Jeddon wears nine. Love that. Yeah. Love that for him. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian. No, coming up next. Opportunity! You always hear that in soccer. It applies to football as well. We'll get to that around the corner. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Smells like ball.
2: Touchdown!
0: Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sports books. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith.
1: Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this.
0: Not live yet. Live betting. Ready, go.
1: Hey, be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM. Okay, so in-game betting. We're just looking for in-game possibilities that we can take advantage of. Ooh, evil laugh, right? Like, So we got to do a little bit of forecasting. Should this opportunity present itself? We're looking to pounce. What's something that you could see happening here, Jared Smith?
3: I would say the Giants game script is really strong. Brian Dable comes out, slices and dices his way down the field. Daniel Jones kicks a field goal or scores a touchdown on the opening drive with that Giants offense, and then we get the Eagles at less than a touchdown. I I think that's going to be my goal live betting today is to try to get Philly at less than a touchdown. Now, that being said, I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on how that first quarter plays out, but I think Philly wins – and I think they win by at least four. So give me the Eagles at under four if we can find it at some point there in the game.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going a similar direction. Uh, the opposite game on the same day, though. Um, this Chiefs-Jaguars line, you know, I, I just don't really trust the Chiefs that high. That will come up later on in um, rapid fire. But... If you're still not sold on taking the Jaguars' side here, I want to explain my thought process. The Chargers, player-to-player defensively, are pretty much better than the Chiefs. I mean, you can make arguments at certain positions, but they've got a lot of dogs on that defense. And what Trevor Lawrence was able to do with Doug Peterson helping him out in the headset I mean, that was insane in the second half. So I just look at, of all these eight teams remaining, the Jaguars as having the best chin. They could take the hardest punch Mm. and bounce back from it. So if the Chiefs come out like they normally do with an Andy Reid script, especially after a bye week and have some success, and that number starts to rise, and you have Kansas City then favored, what, 11, 12, something like that. Yeah, I'm all over the Jags plus 12. I'm all over the Jags plus 11 and a half. I mean, that. who knows how high that spread could get. Yeah, so yep. I think there's value there. It happened in the regular season. I took advantage of that. It was almost the exact same thing
1: that you mentioned right there, Rich, and backdoor cover hit. I'm going to look at the same game as you, Jared, a different uh, way, though. I'm thinking maybe the in-game under for Giants-Eagles. Mm. Because think of it this way. If the, if the Eagles have a comfortable lead in the fourth quarter, they're not going to be running Jalen Hurts left and right. You know, They're going to coast in a little bit, and then you would have Daniel Jones throwing against the Eagles' number one pass defense. I like so it. I think if the Eagles have a lead, I think points could be at a premium late. So yeah. I'd look to hop on that. Might be tricky to time it out, but if the opportunity presents itself... The script should be running it there.
3: I agree 100%.
1: Run the ball, especially Saquon. Run it. Be as healthy as you can for next week. All right, coming up next, the Saturday games and the secret sauce of the NFL. That's on the way.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Oh, what's going on, everybody? hope you're having a great Saturday morning here, getting you all set for the divisional round of the playoffs. We're just out of control in a good way, in a good way, though. Before we get to the two games today on Saturday, just a brief nugget. Brief nugget. I find this interesting. Gents, if you will. The secret sauce of the NFL is obviously parody. You could say it's the not-so-secret sauce, because you've got everybody, it's kind of, they, the league is designed to kind of bunch you toward the middle. We know that. Look at Jacksonville. Jacksonville was 3-14 and 14 last season. Here they are in the divisional round of the playoffs. So quick turnarounds can happen. What's interesting to me is, if you look at the postseason last year, you had both number one seeds get knocked out, uh, Tennessee and Green Bay. Both of those teams didn't make the playoffs this season. And oh, by the way, the defending Super Bowl champions, the Rams, they didn't make the playoffs either. So think about that. Both one seeds and the defending Super Bowl champs didn't make the playoffs this postseason. So spin it forward. When you're like forecasting what's going to happen next season in the NFL, do you think you're going to say Chiefs as a one seed, they don't make the playoffs? Eagles as a one seed, they don't even make the playoffs? And assuming neither one of those teams wins the Super Bowl, oh, and the defending Super Bowl champion, they're not going to make the playoffs either. That's what we have in this postseason. That is crazy.
2: It's, it's pretty wild. And it's so difficult to predict out because I remember thinking to myself, well, This AFC West, man, holy cow. The Raiders, they've gotten so much better with Devontae Adams, and they have some stability with Josh McDaniels. And how about the Chargers? I mean, on paper, that looks like a Super Bowl contender. The Chiefs are great. And then you look at the Denver Broncos, and you're like, oh, my gosh. uh, How could they not be in the postseason with Russell Wilson as their quarterback? And Nathaniel Hackett had a really successful year with the Green Bay Packers. And you look at the AFC West – On paper in the preseason like I just did and then you extrapolate forward and it looks like a completely different division than the one I was just (laughs) talking about at the end of the season so I look around this playoffs and I say yeah I mean could I see the Chiefs finally succumbing to what seemingly every team succumbs to at some point or another yeah sure but could they be right back in the one seed next year? Yeah. And, and could I see a team like Detroit, who was just, you know, this close to making their way into the postseason, needed one more thing to happen their way in order to get in, all of a sudden being, you know, a divisional winner? Y- yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's – it, every year this happens. There's some sort of massive turnover that we don't expect. And it all makes sense at the end of the season, but you just can't predict it.
3: How about this, guys? And this is kind of on the heels of what we heard from the news. Of, uh, we heard that Colin Coward clip before we came back about the Byron Leftwich and the Bucks' offensive coordinator job being open. Ten offensive coordinator openings this offseason. That is – that's 35% of the teams in the league. And if you look at it from a gambling perspective, the under hit at a historic rate this year. $100 bettors, if you just woke up every NFL day and just bet the under, you're up two grand, 7% ROI. Pretty good for a financial advisor every year if they do 7% ROI. And that's with no research, no sharp angles, just waking up betting the under in every single game, you're, you're up 7% this year. And clearly, that paints a picture of scoring being down across the league and then the end result 10 offensive coordinators get fired here as we're getting ready to get into the off season so it's a very unique league this this year i think the sloppiness on offense the sloppiness with play calling the defense is taking a step forward you could make the argument that the cover 2 shell which is the All all the rage across the league in terms of defending these explosive offenses has led to slower drives and making things a little more methodical for teams moving it down the field. That could be a contributing factor to the underhitting more as well. But I think a lot of it is play calling and quarterback play and a lot of things you guys were talking about, the volatility and parity in this league. Is it's, it's unmatched every year. And, Rich, I love what you said about the Lions and Ben Johnson and Jared Goff, and keeping that core together for next year is key. Ben Johnson, not one of the offensive coordinators that departed, and he right. will be back in the Motor City next season, and I'm very bullish on the Lions' chances of making the playoffs in 2023.
1: Bullish. I like it. Okay, let's get into the matchups today. Jags-Chiefs, Chiefs favored by nine and a half. I'm trying to not think too much about the regular season matchup, but when Jacksonville got a surprise onside kick and they were plus three in the turnover battle and they still lost by ten, <laughs> like that that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in the Jags for me today, you know? Like, you won plus three yet you lost by ten. That's, who knows what the turnover differential is today. Uh, let's say they're minus. Uh, what's the score if the, the Jags they are by on 30. the... right like it'd be (laughs) really bad if
3: they're a minus three in turnovers today they're not going to do what the Chargers did last week that's for sure
1: it's going to be rough i look at jacksonville got to crank up the pass rush man that's as obvious as it gets against mahomes he's just going to absolutely dissect you if you can't get routine heat on him he's the best in the league when it comes to a clean pocket so you got to crank up the pass rush something else to keep your eye on seventh round rookies I know it's just Purdy Palooza, and we're all fixated on Brock Purdy over there as Mr. Irrelevant or Mr. Relevant, if you will, the 49ers quarterback. But think about the Chiefs. You've got Isaiah Pacheco, a running back who runs violently, like every carry is his last carry. I love this guy. And then also Jalen Watson. He's their starting cornerback. He's the guy who had the pick six early in the season at home against the Chargers and Mm. Justin Herbert. But you look at those guys and another rookie, Trent McDuffie. He was a first-round pick. But you have the Chiefs, a couple of rookies in their defensive backfield. And when you have rookies on a stage like this, now they're clearly set for the moment. But if you can test them, if you can get them a little bit uncomfortable, maybe Trevor Lawrence can make a play or two against some rookies there. We'll see.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and the reality of the situation is those guys haven't played a playoff game yet. Trevor Lawrence has. And that's a real thing, man. I'll tell you what, the lights get really bright in the postseason. And I'm so glad my first real significant postseason action wasn't until my fifth year in the NFL, where I walked onto the field and felt prepared for the moment. It's, it's, it's like nothing you ever experience because the stakes are so insanely high. You know, during... During a college football season, going to a bowl game and losing a bowl game, yeah, it stings, but the prize is going to the bowl game because it's really not for anything unless you're in one of these semifinals or the national championship game these days, and that's only been the past eight seasons. But nothing can prepare you for the NFL postseason uh, the, the, the way it's so sudden. And the way that your career and your life and the way people approach you for the rest of your life will change depending on the outcome of this moment. These next three hours are everything. And it's difficult. Certain guys really shrink when when the lights turn on, and we're going to find out because, like you said, the Chiefs are relying on a couple of rookies, especially in that defensive backfield, but also out of their offensive backfield. And when that's the case, there are certain guys who get stage fright.
3: I love doing this show because I will have things in the back of my mind that I think are important, and then you guys will say things, and then a light bulb will go off, and I'll say, let me look this up really quick and see if it matches up, and then boom, there you go. So Trent McDuffie, I'm really glad you mentioned his name because I think he is the key to how well the Jaguars are able to throw it either successfully or unsuccessfully today, and here's why. Over the last three weeks— The Chiefs defense has moved McDuffie into the slot. He was an outside corner beginning part of the year. Then he got hurt. And he was playing great, too, before he got hurt. Then he missed most of the middle of the season. And then over the last few weeks, they have put him in the slot. And it's been a very successful adjustment for the Chiefs defense because over the last three weeks, they have the fifth best DVOA against the pass. So, And what do the Jaguars do better than anyone? Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, they like to line up in the slot and make the middle of the field kind of their operating scheme. And I think that's the matchup within the matchup for the Jaguars offense against the Chiefs defense today. Trent McDuffie in the slot, maybe guarding Ingram, maybe guarding Kirk. How is that matchup going to look? And can he be effective like he's been over the last three weeks in that slide and in that minor position adjustment that they've made? And Kansas City's defense has responded to it. And I, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, the game's going to fall on his shoulders today. How does he handle that, and what does the Chiefs' secondary look like today? Because we know Patrick Mahomes is going to score. Jaguars' defense is bad. We're pretty convinced that that part of the offense, or that part of the game plan is going to go well for Kansas City. How does their defense play? That's always been the question mark with this Chiefs' team. Can the defense hold up long enough to give Patrick Mahomes the ball last to make that play? And I think this adjustment, maybe moving McDuffie into the slot, might be the the kind of the catalyst that maybe pushes the Chiefs' defense to a different level. We'll see. Very interesting matchup today, McDuffie in the slot against these very talented Jaguars receivers.
1: Amen. And Christian Kirk has done a great job Fantastic in the slot. And he's got moves on moves. You know, he, he's quick. So I love that McDuffie-Christian Kirk matchup. Let's get this in also. It's probably the quote of the week as we look to the Giants-Eagles game. So Jalen Hurts, he was talking about his injury, right? And he said, it's football. I've got a bounty on me every week. I go out there on the field, so I'm going to go out there and play my game, and whatever happens, happens. I like that quote. The response from his left tackle, Jordan Mailata, he said, if he's got a bounty, I've got a bounty. It's my job to make sure that bounty isn't claimed and do everything I can to execute the right technique in the right place and make sure he stays clean and I stay dirty. Are you kidding me? Come on, <laughs> Rick you got to love A-plus something quote. like that. Yeah. Yeah,
3: he's,
2: he's one of my favorites, and for good reason, because he's a big, mean, physical specimen of an offensive tackle, and he brings and energy and enthusiasm to the position that's contagious. When he's going well, so is the rest of that offensive line group, and they're going to need him to because Lane Johnson's banged up, and that's uh, obviously one of the best tackles in this league. So you look at this group up front for Philadelphia, and you see what they're tasked to do. Any unnecessary shot that Jalen Hurts takes could be the one that puts your playoff hopes out. Mm. So you have to. You have to take every single play so seriously in this game. Now, how do you do that and play loose? How do you do that and still have the ability to to operate? Well, I mean, you gotta have a low heartbeat. You gotta be able to handle the emotions that we were just talking about when the lights go on. And the, the Philadelphia Eagles, unfortunately for them, had to sit around and wait for their opportunity to perform. The bye week, the bye week's so tricky, man. Because there are – everybody looks at it as an advantage because you say, oh, great. We could get a little healthy. We can lick our wounds. Uh, we can game plan. You know, we'll have extra time, uh, time to tinker with things. But it's also this. You spend more time in here, in your head. That sucks. You, you know, you, you, you spend uh, you spend all day long inside your own head, but when you're busy – you don't you don't really notice it right when all of a sudden you can take the pressure off for a second and you know you can take a deep breath and you can sit down and watch all the other teams playing during super wild card weekend you know what starts to creep into your head doubt all of a sudden you go wow all these guys are really good it 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 happens it really does so I'm so curious I mean the the Chiefs they've handled this so many times over and over again but this Eagles team they're new to this this group is new to this I'm so curious to see how they handle that
3: so Rich Lane Johnson and you and I and Brian all have something in common this year oh what's that didn't Give up a sack the whole season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. How about that? He played in. Now he missed the last two games, obviously. And the Eagles gave up nine sacks in those two games. Six to the Saints. Gardner Minshew was just running for his life in that Saints game. And then obviously Jalen Hurts looked a little balky and a lot of backups for the Giants defensively. But they gave up three sacks in that game. And Lane Johnson, zero sacks allowed all season the one bugaboo so pro football focus graded the eagles as the best offensive line in the nfl this year the one bugaboo though they have committed the most penalties in the league according to the offensive line grades the that's most true. offensive line penalties in the nfl yep keep in mind today we hate talking about the refs and unfortunately they do have a very strong impact on the game that's the one bugaboo for this eagles offensive line which is the best unit in football according to the analytics But they can get a little hold happy sometimes, right? They can get a little bit, a little jittery. So the jitters, and you see that guy coming off the edge, I'm just going to grab him. And, you know, negates a big play. So those little things add up throughout the course of the game. And when you're talking about the offensive line, it's all a game of inches. And the Eagles this year have been very good up front, but there's been some times when they've been a little bit flag happy. And that's definitely something to keep in mind today.
2: Just really quick, Brian, uh, one of the things that you notice with groups who really rely on the QB run is you see a lot of holds. Mm. It's because you're not running the quarterback up the teeth of the defense where you can kind of hide hand position. You're getting your quarterback on the edges, and as a result of that, more tight ends, more offensive linemen, more tackles are going to get called for those holding Great teamwork on this breakdown, guys.
1: No doubt, and that's the thing too, though, is – the Jalen Hurts injury, that's obviously the the big one. He was an MVP candidate, but yep. Lane Johnson being banged up is a yeah. big, Sports hernia, too. I mean, that ain't no yeah. joke. No, no joke at all. Hey, every Thursday, be sure to check out our Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM Original Podcast, featuring yours truly. Also, Jared Smith and Bill Krakenberger. We give our takes on all the key lines. Get you set for the weekend in betting. That's every Thursday. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we've got Jared Smith. FSR betting analyst. We've got Rich Ornberger. He, uh, he, he masked his holding on runs up the teeth of the
3: beast. Great hand position for Ornberger. Fantastic hand
2: position. Always.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, sometimes, sometimes not. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, we get to the Sunday games. In a quick game of who's going to have the bigger game. We'll do that rapid fire style around the corner. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM.
0: Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. (laughs) You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith.
1: Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. All right, we're going to look toward the Sunday games with a little bit of a twist here. Okay, a little bit of a twist. Bengals, Bills, also Cowboys, 49ers. Just a simple question. Who's going to have the bigger game? And it might not tell the story of who's going to win or not, but... Think of this as the, the warm-up band before prop it up when we get into our player prop bets and all of that type of stuff, right? So think of it in terms of production, stats. Who's going to have the better stat line when the game is over and done with? So we'll go very quickly. Maybe give me a, a sentence or two what your thinking is, but simply bigger game, Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? Where do
2: you go? Joe Burrow, uh, he's had the bigger season. I mean, this is a guy who's completing, you know, at a ridiculous rate of his passes. Uh, He's the the more passing yardage. He's got more uh, passing touchdowns. I mean, frankly, and I I don't want to underrate how valuable Josh Allen has been to the Bills franchise since his time uh, in Buffalo, but Joe Burrow is the better quarterback, so I think he has the better day. I agree.
3: I also think the Bills' defense is a bit of a paper tiger. I mean, they've, they gave up 31 points to the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson. Can't do that at home in a playoff game. That can't happen. They almost lost that game. I don't know how they didn't cover the first half. Good for you guys in the uh, in the rapid-fire standings. Bad for my pick, though. Um I don't know what to expect from Josh Allen today. Yeah. I know that there's favorable matchups. We talked about Stefan Diggs trying to get him onto Eli Apple would be the way to play it. But the Ken Dorsey, like there's just something going on there. Like, remember the one play where Ken Dorsey like slammed his headset? I think it was a turnover or something. Like, there's just not a lot of Good vibes between Josh Allen and and Ken Dorsey right now. I think, and and that that is going to play out in this game at some point. We'll see if it matters because the Bengals have their own issues. But I think Joe Burrow is the play, the better playoff quarterback. If I had to ask,
1: I'm going to go the other way. Josh Allen, uh, the offensive line issues with the Bengals. I think it makes an impact. I don't love the turnover prone nature of Josh Allen, but I think he has the better statistical day. We'll see. Okay, you Penn State. Guys, one sentence max, rapid fire over here, all right? Joe Mixon or Devin Singletary, the running back
2: matchup. Go. Who do you have? Um, you know what? I do think this one goes to Singletary because I really feel like after watching Josh Allen struggle last week against the Dolphins, they need to find a way to get this run game going. And if they don't, they're going to be in trouble. And I actually think that's where Cincinnati really struggles is in mm. the run game. With the offensive line issues they have. So I'll take Singletary.
3: I'll go door number three and say James Cook.
2: That's the (laughs) guy. That's the guy you
3: gotta get on the field. I think I mean the burst with Cook has been fantastic. He had a big touchdown last week, and I think that's the guy that I would choose in that Bills backfield that could have a big day.
1: Give me Mixon. You know, you gotta run the ball effectively. And that's a good way to neutralize a, a passing a pass rush. And, and the Bills don't run Singletary very much, but door number three might be the best option. How about Jamar Chase or Stephon Diggs? Which uh, wide receiver you like better tomorrow?
2: I, I mean, just in general, I think Stephon Diggs with his polish and his uh, playoff uh, background uh, is going to be the, the bigger threat today. And also, just in general, I have more respect for the Bills secondary than I do for the Cincinnati secondary. So I'll give the edge to to Diggs here. And and Allen and him, I mean, they find each other. It's 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 been a perfect relationship since joining the team. You could say that about Chase and Burrow. They played together in college. But, yeah, I'll take Diggs in this one.
3: Yeah, Diggs, Diggs has a really good matchup this week. But Jamar Chase in playoff games, that's the guy – yeah. That's the guy that I'm looking for if if I'm Joe Burrow, even if it's on a short route. So I, I think Chase finds the end zone, too. I, I think both those guys are going to score touchdowns. That's a good parlay prop right there. Parlay those bad boys together in an old OGP. Chase and Diggs both find the end zone.
1: I'm going Diggs. I think, uh, you know, better offensive line in terms of health for the Bills. A better chance to push the ball downfield. Maybe an explosive play. So I'll go digs in that one. Just too many injuries for the Bengals to really push the ball consistently downfield. Okay, we look to the other uh, game tomorrow, the night cap. Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy? Purdy Palooza, who has the better stat line when it's all said and done?
2: Yeah, this, I really feel like both of these quarterbacks have... um... like but we could we could leave this game feeling like wow neither quarterback played well but somebody had a win you know because <laughs> i really feel like the plan is going to be to rattle both these guys cages but having said that the way that Kyle Shanahan has been able to manufacture gimme plays for Purdy i'm going to say it comes down to Purdy playing better than Dak but again i i think it's going to i think the game is won elsewhere special teams run game turnover differential I think that's where this game is won
3: yeah I'll be on the island with Purdy here Mm. I'll say Purdy outplays Dak and I'll say Dak makes the big mistake and Brock Purdy we're talking about him oh it's his first road playoff game now he's gonna lose right um if the course the the Eagles hold serve but yeah I I think Purdy's my guy this week I'm, I'm gonna ride or die with Brock
1: you might be right I'm gonna go with Dak um it could take just one big mistake Right? Like he's got a, a banged up offensive line. Maybe Nick Bosa puts some heat on him. He throws a pick. One pick could ruin your day. <laughs> so, but I think that Dak Prescott, he's obviously more experienced. Uh, I'm going to trust him to, if he's under pressure, use his legs instead of throwing the ball like a Kareem Abdul Jabbar skyhook into triple coverage or something like that. You know, just cut your losses. Don't, don't make the big mistake. Last one here Cowboys, 49ers, Micah
2: Parsons. Or Nick Bosa, who has the bigger day tomorrow? It's got to be Micah if Dallas wins this game. I think Nick Bosa, he could he could be hidden a little bit on the stat sheet and still have an impact, but if Dallas is going to win, that means that Micah Parsons has to play a, an enormous game. He needs to factor uh, up the middle. I, I hope that what they do with him and, you know, it it has happened all season long they move him around i hope they just move him around and they put him in a lot of different spots have him rushing over a lot of different players and uh and they have to keep track of him that way i think that's going to be their best chance so i'll give it to parsons on this one
3: yeah i, I agree but i'll make a case for for bosa and it's it's jason peters being out the left tackle yeah. of the cowboys right and all of a sudden you slide tyler smith rookie playing in his I, I don't know if he, play, he played a little bit last week but obviously didn't get the start now he's starting on the road silent snap counts against this Niners defensive line I, I could see Dak being under some serious duress in this game
1: yeah I'm gonna go Nick Bosa I think when you're going up against a, a wounded offensive line that's advantage Bosa we'll see uh-huh. how that shakes up. okay it's always advantage low and cron and I don't care what the competition is. It's always
4: advantage I He's got the latest. What's going on, bud? Guys, we have some really interesting breaking news from college football. Pro Football Hall of Fame safety Ed Reed has just announced that his agreement to be the head coach at FCS Bethune-Cookman University has fallen through. Reed said, quote, after weeks of negotiations, I've been informed that the university won't be ratifying my contract and won't make good on the agreement we had in principle, unquote. Now, for some context, about a week ago, Reed posted a video on social media complaining about conditions at Bethune-Cookman, saying, and I quote, I'm out here walking with the football team, picking up trash. I should leave. I'm not even under contract doing this. These MFers didn't even clean my GD office when I got here, unquote. Meanwhile, in the NFL tonight, the Philadelphia Eagles will be hosting the New York Giants. And guys, multiple outlets are reporting that this morning the water is out at the Giants team hotel in Philadelphia (laughs) due to a broken pipe and that no one in the Giants traveling party can take showers this morning. I'm told that's how it was for the 1925 Portsmouth Spartans. So there might be a lot of extra smelly New York Giants football players lining up later this evening. Meanwhile, the Indianapolis Colts announced this morning that they've completed an interview with Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn for their head coaching job. NFL Media reports Quinn will also interview for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job and finally sad news from the NBA. Bill Shonley, the Hall of Fame longtime former voice of the Portland Trail Blazers, has passed away at the age of 93, according to his biographer. Shonley was the voice of the Blazers for 28 seasons, right from their inception in 1970, and here's how it sounded as Shawnley called the final seconds of the Blazers only NBA championship in
0: 1977. Here we go, the inbound, gonna get it, stop two short, no
4: And Sean Lee's catchphrase, his trademark catchphrase, Rip City, has been trending all morning long. Fellas, back to you. Thank you, ILO. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to
1: Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Uh, Just one quick nugget on Ed Reed. I just think it's hilarious. You can be right and wrong at the same time. Like, Mm. Ed Reed is right to say, hey, they should have cleaned my office He's wrong for putting it on Twitter like, these MFers didn't even clean my office. That's not a way to inspire a lot of goodwill over there. Don't be shocked when they don't rework your contract when you put them on blast like that. That's how it goes. Twitter is the
3: downfall of our society, guys. It really is. But (laughs) it's also a very useful tool that I use every day and am way too addicted to. But it's also the downfall of society. (laughs) It's highly
1: entertaining. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, Boat, ATV, and more—all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, let's dive into this. Prop it up.
5: Let's go play. Player plays. Ah,
1: prop bets. Oh, so many possibilities with the divisional playoffs rolling around. We'll start with you,
3: Jared. What do you like? Uh, What's one of your key plays? this week. You know, I'm betting all props this week, so this is going to sound a lot very similar to my Rapid Fire segment, but how about just bet all three Giants receivers under their receiving yard total? Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton. Two out of the three are likely going to stay under. All three could absolutely stay under. I also like the Josh Allen rushing attempts prop. This is the kind of game where his legs become more of a factor, and unlike Jalen Hurts, I'm confident that Josh Allen is fully healthy and will be utilizing his legs. So, how about that? We go under on the Giants receivers. We go over on Josh Allen carrying in the Rock. That's where I'm at in the prop market. How but, many? Come on, props. How seven and a half on seven. Josh Allen's rushing attempts. Wow, seven can, and a half. Wow. Yeah, eight Actually, and a half at plus money. You could probably find seven and a half at minus money if you look hard enough.
2: We have some overlap here because I love a Josh Allen prop, and it's dedicated to his rushing game as well. It's going to be the over on 47 and a half love it. rush yards on the day, and I completely agree with you. I think the success of the Bills is going to be incumbent on getting Josh Allen comfortable. And like a lot of dual-threat quarterbacks, their comfort is knowing that they're also dominating in the run game too and that's exactly what Ken Dorsey started doing in the second half against the Dolphins he was struggling he looked frantic so they're like hey 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 hey! you're Josh Allen you're the moose of Buffalo I mean let's (laughs) get you loose pal so they started having them planned QB runs and it started changing things so I'm taking the over on 47 and a hook with his rush yards and then Joe Burrow under 285 and a half passing yards I agree with what you said Brian I think that I think that in order for the Bengals to win this game it's going to take a steady dose of Joe Mixon I don't know if they're going to be able to do it but if they're relying on Joe Burrow to win this game with his arm alone I don't think they will and I do think they'll win so I'm going to say that this comes down to Joe Burrow doing less is more approach Joe Mixon doing more is more approach Interesting.
1: I like it. I'm going to look to Daniel Jones, Giants quarterback. I've got his underpassing yardage. Under 216 and a half. Seems really low. You know, it seems like, man, I'm used to Mahomes throwing for that in the first half. But this is the number one pass defense in the NFL, in the Philadelphia Eagles. Jared went over it. Not a who's who of wide receivers to throw to. And they looked all world. Collectively, last week against the Vikings, much different deal uh, this week against the Eagles pass defense. Hey, everything can go horribly wrong. Just look at my my Cavaliers bet against the banged up Warriors, the resting Warriors yesterday. But maybe the Eagles have a comfortable lead, and Daniel Jones is throwing it a lot in the second half. Could go wrong, but. I go back to, I know it was early in the season, I still think of Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson, who is an absolute stud, and they could do nothing against that Philadelphia secondary. And uh, there were jokes on Twitter about Justin Jefferson doing a good job covering Darius Slay, <laughs> which, which you could
3: see today. So give me the under Daniel Jones, 216 and a half. Love it. Absolutely love it. I think that's going to be in my rapid fire segment, guys. I think the other one that I'll give you, too, that's a little bit interesting. Um, I'll give out Kelsey at some point today, but I think Juju also is a guy that I would really lean on. We gave him out in the parlay. And listen, this is they make their hay over the middle of the field. This is what they do is the Chiefs like to throw the ball over the middle. They like to spread it out. 53 and a half, very fair there for Juju's receiving yard prop. So I will go over Juju, hopefully some good Juju for Smith-Schuster this afternoon.
2: Yeah, there, there are certain teams where if you can shut down the middle of the field, you can mm. win. And that's absolutely the approach defenses need to take when they're facing the Chiefs. I'm really curious what this Jacksonville defense does against Kansas City, because if they can take away the middle of the field. Look, no easy task, right? You know, taking away Kelsey or, or Juju Smith-Schuster or even um, McKinnon out of the backfield on some of those angle routes or when he releases up the middle after pre- play action. But if they can find a way to do it, it's going to be a long, hard day for the Chiefs. Love it. Okay, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American.
1: We've got Jared Smith, FSR, betting analyst. I'm Brian Though no. There's still a lot to do. A lot going on over here. We got picks galore, play of the day, anything else we can shoehorn in. Just goodness, over-the-top goodness as we count down toward the beginning of the divisional playoffs here at 4.30 Eastern time. Not that far away. Not that far away. We're approaching about four and a half hours until kickoff. Very much looking forward to it. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you
0: up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff, presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Once again, here's Brian, No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith.
1: Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff, presented by BetMGM. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Shout out to the crew. Tremendous job as always. Ryan Bershinger, our trusted producer. Iowa Sam, technical producer. Isaac Lowenfront on the updates. Coming up at the top of the hour, up on game, LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, Plaxico Burris, It's a must-listen today, man. Huge weekend of ball. They'll get you all set for it. All right, let's dive into this.
0: Rapid fire.
1: Okay, three picks times three hosts equals nine picks, baby. Let's go. Let's start it with you, Jared. What do you have?
3: Prop, 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 prop. Not a lot of value sides and totals this week, so we're going props. Travis Kelsey over 79.5 receiving yards. The Jags dead last in DVOA against tight ends this year. Gerald Everett went off against the Jags last week. Kelsey at least seven targets, 95 yards in six straight playoff games. He'll go over 79.5 today. Trevor Lawrence over 250.5 passing yards. Game script doesn't matter. If the Jaguars are ahead, it's because Trevor Lawrence is throwing it all over the art. If they're behind, he will be forced to throw it all over the yard. All over the yard, and I feel confident he will go over this total. Daniel Jones under 217 and a half passing yards. Eagles number one in DVOA against the pass this year. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, CJ Gardner, um, CJ Gardner Johnson, big step up from Patrick Peterson, Duke Shelley, and Harrison Smith. If the Giants win this game, it's going to be Jones's legs or Saquon Barkley. So it's Kelsey over receiving yards, Lawrence over passing yards, Jones under passing yards.
2: Give me an inspired underdog with a playoff-tested iron chin after beating the Chargers, especially in that second half last weekend. Jags, plus nine and a half, book it. Moving on, Bills looked panicked last week against the Dolphins. (laughs) Trust factor is low. I like the Bengals getting five and a half today in Buffalo. Next. This is going to be a close game. This line makes no sense to me. Giants getting seven and a half on the road in Philly. Give me the G men all day long. So I got Ooh. the Jags plus nine and a half, Cincy plus five and a hook, Giants plus seven and a half. That sounds like a three and weekend. oh weekend. I mean, wow. All dogs. Dogs are barking <laughs> over here. <laughs> <I love> you. <laughs>
0: nice.
1: Okay, you're going dogs. <laughs> I'm going over here. I hate that everything's over, but, Jared, you've got the the under Daniel Jones, yeah, which I have earlier as well. I like that one Love quite that. a bit. Yeah. So uh, what well, the theme is over here. I like Joe Burrow. He's going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I think a lot of these passes are going to be quick passes, short passes, because his offensive line is so banged up. I don't see him pushing the ball downfield. That much. So I'm going to take over 39 and a half passing attempts today. I think he gets to 40 today. And you still might be able to run the ball effectively. One thing from last week the Bengals only had 50 offensive plays. That was it. And so you look at the Bills, a little bit more of a quick strike capability, a lot more than the Ravens. So I think that Joe Burrow could get the ball back. And you're gonna have to slow it down, slow that pass rush down quick throws. So over 39 and a half. Give me Tony Pollard, Cowboys running back. What's a good way to neutralize a pass uh, defense is a pass rush is throw it quick. Hit your check down. Right? Get Tony Pollard involved. Screen game. Safety valve. You know, so I'm going to take Tony Pollard to get at least 20 receiving yards. Got to take him over 19 and a half. And I'm expecting early fireworks tomorrow in Bengals' bills. Give me the first quarter over nine and a half. We got to get to double digits. I could see that easily happening. So I've got at least 10 points by the end of the first quarter, Bengal's bills tomorrow. What do you think? I
3: like are you that. know. What, what are our, can we do? because we have some time today, unlike most weeks? What are everyone's record? I'm 32 and 25 on the year. Am I oh, gonna I win no this idea. thing? Yeah, oh, thank you. Dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I went 0-3
2: last week. Ugh. Oh, really? Wow. So did I, by the way. After going 3-0 oh, and 0 two weeks ago, I feel like I'm due for another 3-0 run. You, there's no in-between
3: with Ornberger. It's 3-0 or 0-3. It's all in or all out. <laughs>
2: Great or bad. All right,
1: we got time for this. Let's do it. Hey, this is the
0: best play of the day. It's
1: a touchdown. Give it to back.
3: I'm all ears, Jared. What do you think it is? I might be foolish here, but give me the Niners. Lay the four. Purdy party. Prescott picks. Go San Fran. Let's do it. <laughs> like it. It's public, but I don't that's care. That's the only dog you didn't choose, picks. right, Rich? That's the, the only... only
2: one. I, I, yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I didn't choose. I can't you know pick what? one
3: on that
1: one. I'll add it. Give me the Cowboys plus form. <laughs> see how it works out. Enjoy the games. We'll see you.